Hi, my name is Justin Reed. I'm the CEO of Troilus Gold. Uh, we're about $175 million market cap developing the Troilus Gold mine um, in Quebec. We have 8.1 million ounces equivalent, have now completed 250,000 meters of drilling. So new resource, pre-feasibility and a large 1,400 square kilometer exploration program. Uh, all coming to you probably the middle of this summer. Cash balance is good at about $30 million and strong institutional support. Justin, good to catch up with you. I um, wanted to follow up on a conversation one of our guys had with Blake, uh, which is a more technical session. We'll put a link to that below. Um, and more importantly, speak to someone who might know about what on earth is going on in the market at the moment. There seems to be this massive disconnect between gold price, equities, and quite frankly, it's causing all sorts of confusion in the ability for companies to get finance, having to look at strange, innovative, funky ways of doing it. So what's happening out there? Well, I mean, I'm sure I'm not the voice, but we look at it all day long. Um, absolutely, there's a disconnect. The market's incredibly volatile, um, inflationary pressures, and we know the macro of gold, so I'm not going to preach to the choir. Um, but we're not seeing new capital coming in. That's, that's the biggest problem. Um, as a Toronto-based company, and most of my experience is on Bay Street and Wall Street, um, we were talking about it the other day. You used to be able to start at Front Street in Toronto and end at Queen Street uh, and raise 250 or $300 million. The funds were all well capitalized. They were mining-focused. Uh, we didn't see a lot of outflows. There's a lot of inflows. Well, we've lost half the fund managers. We've lost half of the active managers, everything's still going to ETFs and passive investment, and check sizes are getting a lot smaller, coupled with a market where there are 400 more gold companies than there were 10 years ago. So competition has increased. Um, not a lot of new buyers. Existing institutions are supporting their horses. Um, but there's no, there's no immediate rush. That's what we're seeing in the market. You know, there's great names. I'll use Great Bear as an example. Great drill results, lots of momentum. Sure, they get a lot of retail following. But the de-risking of developers like ourselves and others, there's, there is no immediate rush. That's what we're seeing to own our names. Um, there comes a time because the valuations are so attractive that the longer term investors are coming. But we've had some great examples in the market of people building mines right now who've done everything right and say, hey, I have, I've got to fund this mine now. You can't stop. And that market isn't there. The market you and I know, raise your project debt from the bank, go raise a couple hundred million dollars in equity because your stock keeps going up. The equity dilution is low. And I'll use Sabina as an example. Bruce McLeod has done a fabulous job at that company, but he had to raise his $800 million total through alternative financing mechanisms, right? It was Wheaton River, Stream, they took equity, Orion, they took debt and equity, and their Chinese partners. They came back to do a working capital bought deal. Same three groups took it. So you don't see a lot of new money coming into this space, which um, is difficult. Right, because we're all capital intensive, and but we're sitting at a $1,950 gold price. We're sitting at, uh, you know, a 450 copper price. It's never been better. Balance sheets are looking strong, so I think you're going to see a lot of the financing come from the majors uh, going forward because the broader market's not there until the U.S. 
generalist jumps back in, not seeing it yet. That's really quite confusing for the retail investor because, well, unless you tell me, is, is this is this normal in this cycle? Because you're saying fund managers aren't there where they were before. There's a lot of competition because everyone's jumping on the bandwagon and starting up a, a, a what a precious metal company or, or other commodities. Um, battery metal thematic um, happening. Bitcoin's new on, on, on the scene rel- relatively in its current incarnation. Um, and you're seeing, well, we're certainly seeing, you know, bat, with, with, with some of the, with our subscribers and followers, they're indicating that they've gone from 20% cash position to 40% cash position because they, they just can't read the market. And I'm not sure some of the CEOs or institutions can either. So w- w- which bits are normal in there and you would have expected it and which bits are just a new paradigm? I would say going to cash is probably normal, right? In various cycles in an inflationary environment and approaching you know a potential North American housing bubble. Yeah, you're going to start moving to cash a little bit and being conservative. That's fine. But it's this shift to passive investments and ETFs. And, you know, ETFs provide instantaneous liquidity for you and gives you the same exposure. You don't have to be an educated stock picker anymore to outperform. You can buy a gold ETF and just play the trend. When you don't have a lot of new inflows of capital, that's the easy way out, right? Active management is becoming smaller and smaller, you know, and then, but a great analogy, I guess, or or comparison is look at the Australian market compared to North America. Australia is far more insular and it doesn't have the leverage to ETFs. So they're actively managed down there where up here, we're all moving to ETFs. A company like Troilus, if I was listed on ASX and maybe that's what we should do, we'd be trading maybe three times higher. The valuations and the multiples that our Australian peer group and the Australian producers are trading at is twice what North America is. One, it shows me we have a lot of room to grow and there's opportunity for valuation here if we have success in the market, but it just shows you the impact of passive. So you've got to be a stock picker now and do a lot of research and you've got to stick with your investments and let them be successful. Right, it's a longer window now. I think. Right. Okay. We should probably talk about your company because I think, like I say, there's, there's, it's, it's kind of confusing um, as to you know how you should go about play, playing the markets, and I, I, keep, I keep looking for signals that is returning to some semblance of what it used to be, but I don't think that's going to come. Um, right. We had a great conversation with you technically, with Blake technically about what, what's going on, and it just you still got that sort of same relentless. Um, process in place in terms of moving things forward. Right. So the, the time I'm looking for, you've said mid-year PFS. That's what I'm looking to. What are you doing between now and then to ensure that that happens and it includes the things that you want to see in there? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm actually going to say a lot of them are done now. Um, we we completed January, February, and uh, it's April Fool's today. Um, uh, <laughs> middle of March, um, we drilled a quick 30,000 meters, which is a huge program. We did it two and a half months uh, between five and seven drills, depending on the day. It's done. Everything's in the lab. The resource will be coming out with the pre-feasibility. Expect big growth from our 8.1 million ounces equivalent that came out two years ago. Um, we completed 10,000 kilos of bulk samples, uh, not at the bench scale, full pilot plant tests, 
all three deposits, all all zones within the deposits. Why so big? Recovery. What are we trying to achieve? That's a lot. Uh, feasibility level uh, network so that it's bulletproof and can go all the way through. In our PA, we use the historic numbers from the mine, 90% gold, 90% copper. We use 40% silver recoveries because we didn't have a lot of historic data. Uh, we came out with 93 gold, 91 copper, and uh, 88 silver, which is great. It's accretive to the model, if you will, but it's just kind of, it's done, put it away. It's at feasibility level. It gives us a lot of confidence going into project financing, which is my concern here out. Uh, but between now and the next three months when the pre-feasibility comes out, uh, nothing slowed down. Drills haven't left site. Um we have moved the drills to our gap zone. We'll talk about that more in kind of the future. Pretty excited to see what that brings out. Um, so the, the, ga- the gap zone, uh, the, the space between Southwest and 87. That's right. Three okay. and a half kilometers, never been tested. Exact same stratigraphy. Geophysics is done. Geochemistry is done. Our interpretation is that these ore bodies are continuous or have the potential. They pinch and swell. Um, yeah, you know, we, we don't need more ounces. We need great ounces. But when you start talking about a 25-year open pit, you know, it could be bigger. Um, the exploration potential of Troilus is unbelievable. And we haven't even touched. Well, I want to, I want to do that in a second, all right? So but let me let me come back on a couple of things you said. I, I just want to check the, the wording. You said the finance is my concern. Do you mean the finance is your job? You're not concerned about the finance. It's your role to sort that out, right? That is my, that, that, my job is to make sure that my great team, Blake and everybody has everything they need. And so project financing is, and I'm talking about to build this mine, and we're talking two years out, I'm working on it now, right? We have, we have, some, we have great shareholders in Quebec that their objective is to drive us forward, just like that investment Quebec strategic um, placement that they made about a year ago with us, and we said to you guys at the time, you know, we have this working group with the case and Investment Quebec, uh, and we're moving it forward because this isn't just about the equity interest of our shareholders. This is a provincial interest to the government for jobs, taxation, social responsibility. And so I'm working now with our major stakeholders um, to put a project financing package in place so that when our feasibility is done, which will be Q1 of next year, and when our permits are in hand, which will be early 2024, late 2023, whatever I tell you is wrong, but it's underway, um, that we have no delays. If I wait for the permits and then go fund the mine, I'm going to lose a year. So we're doing it now. And our shareholders, our stakeholders in Quebec, who provide the lowest cost of capital in the industry, and probably the highest level of de-risking of any projects in that province are telling us to do it. Okay, next question that I want to pick you up on is with the ghost, okay, there was a PEA, it was an under, underground story, it's now open pit, right? You, we, we've seen some companies mismanage the, the, not just the narrative, but the telling of that story and, and managing people's expectations of any changes. So in terms of what you expect, the differences between the PFS and the PA yep. to be, what does that look like? So the PA, again, is almost two years old. Um, 
it was a 14 year open pit transitioning to an eight year underground 20 year mine life first 14 years was producing between 220 to 275,000 ounces of gold a year, 17 to 20 million pounds of copper, which is important nowadays, and, and some silver. Blake has had such success expanding all of our drilling, the discovery of the Southwest. In our PA, Southwest had one month of drilling on it, 8,000 meters. We now have a year and a half of drilling and 150,000 meters. Um, it was 400 meters long. It's now 1.8 kilometers long. You know, these changes. So the pre-feasibility is going to be incredibly simplistic. 25-year open pit with a whole bunch behind that. 35,000 tons a day. Um, producing the same as the 14 years, right? 220 to 300,000 ounces a year of copper and silver, um, but no underground, right? In, in 43101, you have, they call it chapter 24. You put your opportunities in there. We're just gonna, we're gonna decouple the underground and put it in there. Uh, underground works, underground is good. Um, it's a low grade bulk tonnage underground, but we don't need it. And so let's not worry about that 245 million in underground development capital and the costs of underground mining. Let's worry about very simplistic open pit mining for you know a generation okay now i will say as the ceos when they come out with good news is so what next right now we looked at the release that came up uh recently with regards and this the x comes to the expiration bit right because yeah. again our geologist and we have been uh excited about the potential of what else is out there and i think you've got an answer to that question with test the test art uh announcement recently because um I get it. You are going through that rigorous, relentless process to get the PFS done. You're looking at the finance now to make sure that you can start this thing as quickly as possible. And you've kind of ironed out the kinks from the, the PEA and you're going to produce something that's better economically, right? Brilliant. But the expiration, the drill bed, you're talking about, you know, obviously um, the, the gap earlier. I don't know how many meters or how many drills are you going to be uh, targeting there. These higher grade results. That's meaningful, or could be meaningful. What do you? What, so what, tell us a minute, bit more about what you're planning. Yeah, you know, when we started the company four years ago, we had 50 square kilometers over the old mine, and we started to have such such success. And we have our geologic model evolved, where we said, "Hey, I think we've kind of we've kind of figured out the secret sauce here, or we're looking at it differently than it hadn't been in the past, and it's working." Through acquisition, we bought our bank gold. We bought a bunch of uh, ground from 03. We staked a ton. We bought a bunch of other things from other companies. We now have 1,400 square kilometers. We are the, one of the largest ground holders in Quebec now, and we have the majority of our belt. Um, we've taken those the model from the mine, and we've applied it to the belt at a regional scale. And we're talking huge scale. $2.5 million of airborne geophysics, massive ground geophysical programs and soil sampling geochemistry, all of the background work we need to do uh, resulted in one of, we made a bunch of discoveries, but one of the most exciting we thought was called to start. Why we like to start, first of all, is proximity to infrastructure. Everything goes back to the main mine. Think about the potential for a hub and spoke in the future, pure speculation, but it's a nice thought. Um, 10 kilometers from the mine, one kilometer from the power line, which goes to site, so ease of access. 
boots and hammers on the ground. We found an intrusive, it's called a tonalite. Um, cleared it. There's a little outcrop. We have a lot of stuff at the mine. Bring it down. Let's clear the thing up. A few hundred square meters of pervasively flooded quartz veins and mineralization, sulfide mineralization. We trenched it. We put it out to market. We're getting grades up to six ounce gold, five and a half percent copper. Really high grades and narrow veins that we haven't seen in this belt before. And so we stepped back and said, well, this is pretty exciting. These are grades that, you know, make companies. It's in a very confined area. And then, then winter hit us, right? And when winter hits you in Northern Quebec, it hits you. Uh, wait till the snow goes, which is like June. And then we, uh, we got back to work last summer. A lot of mapping, a lot of the early preparatory work you have to do before you start drilling. Right before winter came, we threw some drills on there. Um, and we weren't necessarily targeting the gold. What we interpreted was a major structure parallel to the Troilus trend, about 10 kilometers south of it, that runs for 40 kilometers. And we, we decided to test the shear zone, which is one of our major targets structurally, about 400 meters away from this showing. And our thesis really was, this is going to be a major pathway for gold and fluids. Let's see if there's alteration there that could explain this high grade. So Blake and his team put in a bunch of holes, we put in about four holes. And, you know, we returned almost eight meters of four and a half grams, 1.2 meters of 20, one and a half of seven. And, and so, some other ones we put out to the market this week, we weren't looking for gold. We were trying to test this structure to see if there was a large alteration system here that means we're in the right area. The structure is kilometers in scale. We just threw three in to test and we had, we had pretty significant gold, fairly close to surface and right at these showings. So to start is now a nice little tight package, uh, which is kind of five kilometers by five kilometers in scale. It's going to be a major focus of exploration for us because you know, we've got 10 million or eight and a half million ounces and growing uh, north of us. Great. We know what Troilus is. But this is kind of proof of concept to us for the whole belt that can be applied further. And if you could define a higher grade zone, I don't even need that many tons of two, three, five, six grams, whatever it could be. Well, you can just truck that up to the mine and blend with your lower grade ore and it's going to have a positive impact. We're not there yet. I'm speculating on, but that's what we're thinking. There could be a number of standalone or satellite assets proximal to the influence of the main mine. And this is a great exploration target. And we're doing the boring stuff now at the mine. And so we're going to be able to not only keep interest to our shareholders saying, hey, we've got a belt, but we're also going to be able to deliver results. And uh and Troilus, and we've said it all along, but now we're proving it. Troilus isn't just a deposit or an asset, it's a belt, and it's now showing its teeth. Well, it's, it's kind of what I think the market was. You're looking at it from a uh, producer point of view in the sense that, oh, we could, we could have these sat satellite depositors who can feed and blend and reduce our costs, or maybe, you know, significantly reduce our initial costs and put the things up, you know, throwing off cash um, with, with, the, with the lower grade stuff. But 
the market looks at this thing and goes, oh, we like high grade. High grade is kind of interesting, but we also like new stories, right? So you've got to be play the, the minor game and you also got to play the market game as well. Yep. And, and, and things like this help. Um, so, so to that end, how much money do you throw at this? You said you got 30 million bucks there, but you got a whole bunch of stuff oh, to I, do. Do you get distracted uh, by this or do you think it's important? No. It's, so first of all, and make it very clear, and you're asking questions like my board asked. Uh, no, it is not. It is not a distraction. Uh, we have a five million dollar budget for it. Quebec provides unbelievable exploration incentives through flow through. So our cost of capital, you know, whether we're using flow through, super flow through, that we raised at a seventy percent premium to market, and we have to spend that money. We raised it already. Um, or every dollar we spend, we get 38 cents back from the government. So this is money well, well spent. And Quebec offers this to you. One of the great reasons to work in Quebec. So no, it's a very, um, it's a very focused program. Uh, we have a focused regional exploration team. You know, Blake has uh, broken up our geologic team into the mine team and to the regional team. And so Nobody's uh, nobody's getting confused. Everybody's focused, and uh, that regional team is starting very shortly. So it's it's going to be a very fun summer. So I bet. Um, so soon we'll get some sort of guidance from you as to what that regional team will be up to in terms of yeah. dollars, yeah. meters, time. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. I look forward to that. That's the bit I think kind of gets me quite excited about what you're doing on top of what you're already doing. Okay. Um, Justin, like, great. Thanks for the catch up. Appreciate it. Um, as the drill results start coming through, let us know. And obviously, clearly working towards this PFS, a little bit excited to see what numbers come out of that. Right. And uh, I'll tell you all about it in Quebec City. Oh, you're going to be there. We'll see you there. Keynote speaker, you know. Uh, I am a silver sponsor. Come on. Well, I, I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I'll have gone to the Formula One, uh, I think, the week before. So, uh, very concerned yeah, to be uh, there. <laughs> the, the route those two weeks is going to be PDAC, mm. the Formula One, and then to Quebec City. Correct. Um, that, at least that will be our route that week to Quebec. Mine as well. Um, okay, mate. Well, look, appreciate your time. We'll see you, see you there. Okay. Thank you.